Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. Like any good Easter sermon, I'm going to kick off with something from Facebook. Just kidding. But I do have a confession. I really don't do Facebook. I've been in this congregation for about four months, so maybe you all know this about me by now. But four times a year, I post the obligatory family pictures. I try to remember National Sons Day and Father's Day. And I like a post if you tag me in it. But in general, I'm not really on Facebook. Now listen, that is not a humble brag. I'm not really proud of this. I think there's room for growth here. I like it when my pastor friends or congregants share this or post an article about that. It helps me to get to know them, and I'm sure I could reciprocate with a few photos of my own. But truth be told, it takes me like two hours to execute one halfway revealing post. So I've decided it's better for me to spend my time investing in old-fashioned ways of being in relationship. Yes, I do want to meet you for coffee. There is one day, however, that I do really enjoy Facebook. And that is, and maybe you've guessed it, no, it's not my birthday. No, it's not election day, certainly not. It is April Fool's Day. Am I right? It's the best when you're scrolling away through unbelievable posts you're still thinking it's March, and all of a sudden, you cannot believe that your friend's wife let him take their infant skydiving. Or that your friend's cat weighed in at 50 pounds, and honestly, confession here, I'm still not sure if that post going around about the purple line of Marta to Cobb County is really happening, or if I just ran across it on April 1st. But either way, April Fool's is that moment that the unverified sources of newsfeed stories enjoy a day in the sun without nefarious intent. And then even once you wise up that it is April, it's still fun to see all the responses to the posts. If the story took you by surprise, well, who else got hoodwinked? The aunt who commented that they were so proud of you for taking adventures with your new baby or the person who posted the mad emoji that you let your cat get so fat. How many comments does it take till someone wises up and says, aha, it's April Fools. Now our scripture passage for today would have definitely turned heads on the April Fools day. It's a wild one, this resurrection. A story almost too good to be true that Christ who had died is now risen Typically, we Christians get so focused on presenting the truth of this passage and its importance to the story of faith that we forget it's almost unbelievable and that scripture itself shows a variety of responses to the resurrection news. 
we forget that the holy word, that scripture acknowledges that some stories are easier to believe than others and that this one in particular is a real doozy. Matthew's gospel, which we just read, our scripture for today, shows at least three, maybe more, responses to the resurrection of Christ. We are most likely most familiar with Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. They are the followers of Christ who are so ready to believe. The women have been with Jesus through thick and thin, through miracles, through teaching, through torture, through his death. So on the third day, they go to see the tomb and there's an earthquake and an angel of the Lord descends from heaven with a blinding white lightning topped face. They watch as the huge stone rolls away and they go to see the place where Jesus once lay. They hear the angels incredible news that Christ is risen and they move their feet to Galilee to share this good word. And on that path, the Christ himself, risen and real, appears to reassure them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers and sisters to go to Galilee and there they will see me. This, this church, this is the Christian response to the Christian story of faith to tell the good news that death does not get the last word, that new life, that resurrection life is yet to come, that he is risen, that he is risen indeed, alleluia, amen. And scripture holds other responses for us to learn about too. These other responses are recorded in the canon. Do you remember the soldiers? who were guarding the tomb, the Easter watch. They were sent by the chief priests and Pharisees trying to head off this last deception that would be worse than the first. The rumor that Jesus himself had started that he would rise again on the third day. Pilate agrees that a risen Lord, much worse than a traveling one named King of the Jews. So he approves the soldiers to sit through the night sealing and guarding the tomb. And when they experience the earthquake and the lightning-faced angel, their response, do you remember? To shake with fear and collapse as if dead. Now later, they take the news back into the city and the leaders who hired them now bribe them to keep quiet about the earthquake and the angel and instead, they are to tell the rest of Judea a story not about new life, but about corruption and death. They are to say that followers of Jesus came to remove his body while they were asleep. They are to say that the resurrection hope is a hoax. This passage then ends with a third response. This third response to the resurrection, that this story, the version of events where the tomb is robbed and the body is taken, that this story is still told and believed among Judeans to this day. So you see, scripture, 
knows that some news is easier to believe than others. Scripture includes a variety of responses to the resurrection, and Scripture says that the news of Easter is not an easy one to read. One of my favorite scholars is actually a Jewish scholar of the New Testament. Her name is Amy Jill Levine, and she was a professor at Vanderbilt University. From her vantage point, which is a little unusual, she offers a really refreshing look at these Christian texts that are so important to us. In her Theoed talk, she said that she often will get people who talk to her who are worried about her response to the resurrection news. They're concerned about her response to the New Testament text, and honestly, they're afraid she's going to burn in hell. She says what typically happens is they will try to argue her out of her belief, try to argue her into seeing Jesus as Lord and Savior in order that she might inherit eternal life. But she says this, the problem with people trying to convince her to follow Jesus is that they are trying to make a logical argument for something that is not logical at all. She says this is category confusion. They are saying that faith has something to do with logic as if faith is somehow sudoku. You know, where you get a paper and a pencil and really anybody with a logical mind can calculate and we can all get to the end. But faith, she says, has nothing, nothing to do with logic, nothing. Faith is not like sudoku. Faith is like love. And love, like faith, has nothing to do with logic. She says, trust me, I've seen the people my children dated and it makes no sense to me. So friends, if faith is love and not logic, then faith is a gift maybe passed down from your forebears or experienced in an epiphany or hard won through contemplative practice. And if you have faith, it's not hard to believe. It's not hard to believe in the resurrection and to place your feet on the path of the Marys and to orient your life and your labor to follow after the risen Lord. With faith, you trust that the last word of the gospel is not despair, but it's hope. You keep believing in forgiveness and reconciliation and healing. You have hope that addiction can be overcome or a marriage can be saved. You have hope that finances will recover or grief will finally end. You hope for life beyond divorce or courage to face the valley of the shadow of death. You believe in the love that is still yet to come in Jesus Christ. With faith, you know that the last word of the gospel is not crucifixion, but it's resurrection. And also, you know, faithful ones, that faith as a gift 
is not always constant. That there are some seasons you're steadfast and others that are much harder. And so you walk in the ways of faith and the paths of prayer till the Lord is risen and the tomb empties again and you show up to worship at his feet. And above everything else, you know that you can't argue yourself into transcendence. And friends, if you do not believe, if this story makes absolutely no sense to you, but you've somehow still found yourself in the sanctuary on Easter Sunday, thanks mom, you are not unrepresented in scripture. Do you remember it says there are many in Judea who do not believe. Even disciples doubted this news. You are not unrepresented and you are certainly not condemned. Now there are places in Matthew's gospel where there is plenty of weeping and gnashing of teeth and burning fires of judgment. There are passages in Matthew of judgment, but not here. To be honest, most of those are around money and our use of it. But here, in understanding this incredible news, there is no judgment. And I know, I read it all the way through to the end, and in fact, the next line is when Jesus gets to the 12, now the 11, he actually finds that some of the disciples are doubting too. So there is no judgment, not by disciples or the great I am, certainly not by the risen Lord. Because look y'all, the Bible knows that some stories are easier to believe than others. So on this day with such incredible news, wherever you might sit with the gift of faith, here are a couple reminders from A.J. Levine. Firstly, if you do not have it, this faith in Jesus Christ risen from the tomb, your tasks are twofold. A, not to make fun of someone who does. Because remember the logic of proof is a category confusion here. And then B, Open yourself to the possibility that the world may be infinitely more mysterious than you think, that you might be surprised too. And if you do believe, here are your tasks on this Easter day. Hold on to belief because it is a gift. It is a beautiful comfort, a blessed assurance. It is purpose, it is mystery, it is life, and it is love. And B, you are not to judge. You believe in Jesus, and Jesus said, leave it to me. 
And you are not to judge, not of the guards or the Judeans, not of your neighbors, not of your kin. Remember, faith, after all, it's not logic. The good news that we share, it is love. To God be the glory, time without end. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.